Nah, but listen, I'm following my dreams. I'm chasing my my my, my dreams. Um, accomplishing all my goals. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. For tuning in to another week of This Can't Be Life podcast. I am your host, Kay the Rebel. You can find me on only one social media platform, which is Instagram. The podcast page is TCBL Podcast, and my personal page is at Kay the Rebel. Question, comments, inquiries, you can always DM me, or I'm also available by email at this can't single letter B L Y F E at Gmail. I know I'm saying it's another week as if like I ain't been gone for like a little bit over 60 days. Um, I don't beat myself up about the lack of consistency, you know, really anymore because I have to make sure that I'm okay and I can't. It's like I'm passionate about podcasting, but I'm usually only passionate about it when I feel like my content is meaningful or that it serves a purpose. And if I don't have anything meaningful or anything that's purpose-driven. I'm just not probably going to say anything. But thank you to those who don't forget about me and um, ask for new episodes and, you know, tell me that I should return. I really appreciate that. It definitely um, gives me confirmation that this is something that I'm supposed to be doing. Even if I don't always do it consistently, um, it's just something that I should not give up on. But I also want to just take the time to say that sometimes you got to give solo podcasters some grace. Um, I feel like other podcasters that have, you know, co-hosts and things like that, a lot of them aren't even coming up with content on their own. They do interviews and invite guests on and they kind of let the guests get behind the wheel and kind of drive, you know, And then I'm also somebody that gets overlooked because I'm audio only. You know, I don't do the visual thing. Um, But I'm thinking about doing it in 2024. Um, It's kind of nervous just thinking about it. But my mom (laughs) has finally entered the world of podcasting. And she's been finding all these podcasts on YouTube. And she just keeps telling me that I need to have a visual podcast and she's not sure what I'm doing. So it's like, if my mama says that, I'm all about making mama proud. So I think I'm going to give it a try. Maybe I'll succeed. Maybe I'll fail. Who knows? But either way, I'm, I'm willing to give it a try. So anyways, today's episode, um, of course, that title is definitely going to be a little bit controversial, but let's get into the inspiration um, behind today's episode. Um, This episode is inspired by a conversation that I had with one of my friends. Um, It's probably like two and a half months ago. Um, And it stemmed from a comment slash joke that she made, which was after we were talking about somebody. And then she's like, did you have your daddy in your life? However, we were discussing relationships and 
how there were huge differences between men who grew up with fathers versus men who didn't. And we also touched base on how biased people are when they feel women are the only ones with daddy issues. We were on the phone for about two hours and I really took heed to that conversation and reflected on my life and my relationship with my dad and just male presence in general in my life and what I've witnessed and how I think it does impact me and maybe my way of thinking um, when it comes to men. Um, my parents split when I was a toddler um, and shortly after my dad moved to Alabama. Um, he did come back to Massachusetts, and then he entered a relationship with his now wife of almost 30 years. Um, he did his part by picking me up on weekends, making sure I knew my other siblings, and then he moved back to Alabama. And at that point, I didn't see much of him. Um, he called Heron there, um, he paid his child support, and that was it. I didn't get to witness who he was as a father a husband or provider or protector, obviously due to the distance. My mom also had moved on and got married and she brought my brother into the world. Um, and I would say that it was her husband who gave me my first true example of what men do. He was a provider and a protector. He treated me like I was his own. He granted me the opportunity to attend one of the best high schools back then which I did graduate from. Um, I witnessed like my mom never wanted for anything. We had the best of everything. And their marriage started falling apart without me ever knowing because he always took care of home. And it was infidelity that was a major issue, which I found out later that led to my mom filing for divorce. I didn't see any true ramifications once they split since I was a senior in high school. And all I know is that my mom bought a house by herself probably about a year later after splitting. And if it was tough for her, which I probably would have to ask her if it was, um, let's just put it this way. She made it look easy. Okay. And I guess because my mom always had her own money. And looking back, my mom talked a lot about not needing her ex-husband post-divorce. And she just kind of kept pushing. And about two decades later, it's funny how history repeats itself. I find myself having the same mindset post-divorce. I really didn't see a need for, for my ex-husband um, since we've been split um, for the past four years. Um... I was never taught to view men as being valuable. Um, I was always taught how to stand on my own two feet and make shit happen, that you're not supposed to depend on a man. However, if you ever do get a man or in a committed relationship with them and they do provide to the fullest extent, I'm always supposed to have my own money. Um, the logic behind that is if you gave if you give a man like the power to take care of everything, and then you have nothing, it will give a man a sense of control over you, um, which has been my mom's philosophy, which she inherited from my grandmother. So obviously it's a generational thing. What's crazy is their mindset has proven to be true. Um, as I've watched other divorces around me, um, 
whether I was a kid watching my friends' moms or stuff go through divorce and seeing how they were left to like pick up pieces or struggle. And even now, as I'm older, seeing some people um, have rugs swept from under them after the presence of a man, you know, well, in the absence of, of a man that they were with and when they split. And then even um, people who aren't even part of the, I guess, the real world or everyday citizen, you see it happening all the time. Like there's so many women who do not have a backup plan or their own anything when they part ways from a man who is a sole provider. And as you listen to me tell my story and what I was taught, I mean, can you blame my mother or my grandmother? Because this stuff is actually happening presently. Let's use DJ Mustard and his wife. They're having this nasty public divorce right now. And when she gets online and she tells her story, it's always that he's giving only a small amount of money for child support, which she doesn't feel is feasible for her to maintain a certain lifestyle, or how he took a car away from, from, from her. And a lot of women get so upset when they hear her story and they automatically paint DJ Mustard as being a bad guy. Meanwhile, I'm questioning why she never had her own money to begin with. And that's only because I was brought up differently. Um, but, you know, um, in retrospect, I remember I used to say I didn't want to get married. And I wonder if, like, my mom's failed marriage was the reasoning behind that. My mom never had discussions with me about the role of a wife or even the role of a husband. And I don't know if my Nana had conversations with her. But if I break this down, my mom never was able to speak highly of her dad. Um, he wasn't in her life. And then when he decided to be in her life when she was in her, is it early 40s, late 30s, he ended up passing away from kidney disease shortly after. I got a chance to meet him, but again, now that he's gone, my mother doesn't even bring him up. I don't even think she was impacted by his death. She doesn't have anything that she could share with me or share with my daughter about like what her dad did. Um, my mom doesn't talk about her grandfather either, who's also deceased. So that would be my Nana's dad. Or my Nana... When she talks about her dad, it's always, yeah, because, you know, I didn't forgive my dad for stuff he did until he was dead and gone. And I wish that I could have had a lot of conversations or this, that, and the other. And the only thing that, or well, positive thing that my grandmother can offer is that her being the oldest of 10 children, that her father made sure that they never wanted for anything. You know, they all had the best of clothes and he had them a house built um, from the ground up, which is a, is a family um, heirloom. And there's family members with well, one of my grandmother's brothers that still live in that home till this day. So, 
He's left them with some property in Delaware. So those are the things that she talks about. There is never any like true compliment to like his character as a man. She doesn't talk about the type of husband he was. I always hear her talking about the type of wife her mother was and how she maybe didn't necessarily agree with certain things that her mom accepted from her dad. But we're always missing what it is that he could have been lacking or what it is that her her mother, who is also deceased, you know, accepted or shouldn't have accepted, you know, and my grandmother's kind of like one of those people that she's not going to peel back the layers because she feels like at her good age, um, she doesn't have to provide us with explanations. And unfortunately, in this moment, and I'm sorry that I'm kind of rambling, but as I brainstorm from this episode, so many other revelations are coming to me that that could be an issue right there. Because if she was able to have those raw um, conversations with my mom about who her dad was, then maybe my mom could have had those conversations with me, you know? Um, with my grandmother being the oldest of 10 children, she's had a lot of experiences with men. Um, she has five brothers, two are deceased, but even the three ones that are still living, she only talks highly of one of them. And she does speak highly of the two that are deceased, but the other ones that are still, she doesn't have anything positive to say about them. So again, I'm sharing my story. So now I want to go back to what my mom has taught me about men, or I guess the role they should play in my life, maybe what relationships. You know, she only told me like one rule he lived by, which is you cannot have babies with multiple men and be unwed. So my daughter was born in 2005, about two years after I graduated high school. And my mom just stressed that the next time I brought a child into this world, it needed to be by my husband, which is why I didn't have my second child until 2016, which was with my husband at the time. And again, my mom never told me if men were supposed to be valued or what were the role that they were supposed to play in my life. Yeah, being a provider and protector, I think, I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. Um, you know, but again, she never bigged men up to make me think that they, that they're valuable, you know? Um, so then if I erase the generational thing, well, I won't say erase, put that on pause real quick and go back to focusing on myself and then how I started having my own relationships and own experiences with men. The two men I had children with have done nothing to help me see the value of a man's presence. Um, and of course, there's going to be a small percentage of people that'll be like, oh, those, those are the men you chose. But can we not do that right now? This is my story. And I'm just trying to be accountable. I've done my healing. I've done my shadow work. And I'm trying to make the math math about me and who I am and how I got to be this way. Because it's so quick for everybody to label or make assumptions. But I'm just being so raw in this moment to let you know like how I got here. Um. But um, their absence, as in the two men that I have children with, definitely doesn't help me subscribe to seeing the value value of a man. You know, my daughter graduated high school this year, and guess what? 
It was me, my mother, and my nana that got her there. That, that was my tribe of raising her. No man can ever take credit for that. Um, my son is mannerable. He's only age seven. He thrives academically. He makes student of the week. And I have full sole custody of him. And his father has minimal involvement due to his lifestyle and work hours and what he does. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But my anything that my son accomplishes is a reflection of me and not his dad. This is not a slight or a jab towards his dad. It's my reality. This is what it is. So again, another case in point of how I don't see the value. Like I'm doing this every day all by myself. So I don't see the value um, of it. And even when I'm going through all these things, going through a divorce, um, trying to raise a teenage daughter that has some growing pains and stuff like that, like over the past couple of years, like my tribe or my biggest support system were all women, no men. Like, and this again, this is no jab to towards my dad, no jab towards my uncles. I can't really say brothers because both of my brothers are younger than me, so they could never assist me. But as far as like, yeah, my dad, um, uncles or any of that, no, none of them have been part of my tribe to help me when I fell short. Um, then in my almost four years of being single since um, divorcing my ex, I've gained nothing from men except lessons in dating overall and becoming an expert at protecting my heart. Um, and again, I got all of that. My healing journey comes from a, from, from a woman. My therapist is a, is a female. Shout out to her. Like she's, she's kind of giving me those tools. Um, and any male who I crossed paths with was not valuable in any way. Um, none of them taught me anything. None of them have improved my life. Um, while being in it, um, they were all risk and not a benefit. So again, pardon me if I don't see the value, value of men. Um, I even take a look at other people's situations and there are maybe like four or five people I know that speak highly of their dad. Everyone else has a strained relationship and unhealthy or inconsistent one or a non-existent one. It doesn't even exist. Um, and I guess I just, I don't witness, I don't see it. I don't witness too many men stepping up and impacting the lives of women in a positive way. Um, whether it's a generational thing, whether it's for me, whether it's for my friends, whether it's even for my siblings, I have, I have younger sisters that have, um, children with men and, and or even their relationships. Um, I don't hang around people who bash men. But I don't hear too many people praising men and the value or the contributions or the benefits of, of, of having them around. But, you know, um, I survive and I do life on a daily basis with zero help or contributions from men. And whether it's my dad or other family or the two men I have children with. And do I think the men in my family are bad? Not at all. I just don't add them to the list of people I would count on. And that even goes for male friends or people that I attempt to date. Like, I got my license to carry this year. That's a whole nother uh, entity of why I feel like as a woman, I needed a license to carry. There are so many crimes against women now. So I'm like, 
who's going to protect me? I don't feel like I can call my dad. I'm not calling no uncles. I'm not calling nobody. And um, I know two men that have their license to carry own firearms are also members at gun clubs. I wanted them or asked them to take me to the gun range with them because I had fears of like going by myself. And I did take the class of, you know, how to use a gun or whatever. And most of the ones that were offered in the, in the class were like 22 or nine millimeters. And I was struggling with like emptying a clip and, put, and putting it back in. Like it was just a lot for me. It was a lot of anxiety. And majority of the people in that class were women. The only, and we had to share the instructor and assistant instructor who were men, of course, to help us. I'm like, I want to go like with a man. And do you know that neither one of those guys would take me? I'm even willing to pay. I wasn't asking them to take the pay, like whatever it costs, I'll even pay. They won't take me. Um, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm going to handle that on my own in 2024. It's on my bucket list. Like, I'm not going to just sit around and wait for a man to take me because clearly they're not going to do it. Um, but, you know, when I've been in disappointing or upsetting circumstances, it has been from men. And before you jump down my throat, just hear me out. Like, I've done the work. I've gone to therapy for three years to address my triggers and my traumas. But majority of my triggers and traumas are by hands of men. So, again, put yourself in my shoes. Would you consider men to be valuable if you were me? I mean, I want to change my position on this so bad, but it's like finding a needle in a haystack. However, don't take this episode as a, a jab or a diss or a dismissive men because I swear it's not. I just hope that you can respect my level of transparency and also take heed to the fact that I'm not the only woman who feels this way. I'm just one of the few who's raw enough to say it. That's my time, and I'm out.